0: Welcome to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you for the next two hours. And today's show, a little different than most Hardlines. The two hours, full two hours, the phone lines are open to you. 803 0930 star 930. The text board number, the same, 716 803 0930. Talking about the demonstration downtown and throughout the city last night what started as a peaceful protest turned into a not so peaceful demonstration and right there in the thick of it was brendan keeney who joins us uh brendan good morning uh good morning guys good to hear from you now brendan i was listening and by the way great job last night Um, Now, this did start as a very peaceful protest in front of City Hall. Uh, It it looked like it was going to to be exactly how it was organized. Um, So describe how it was early on, right after the 5 o'clock start. Yeah, well, uh, to be
2: honest, it started well before 5 o'clock. The peaceful demonstrators were there. So I got there at about 4.20 because I knew that, the, the protest was scheduled 4 or 5. I wanted to get there a little bit early, make sure I didn't miss anything. So I got there at about 4.20, and there were already protesters there. Uh, you know, uh, One man had a microphone. Uh, there were a couple of very powerful demonstrations. Uh, many of the protesters dropped to a knee, uh, raised a fist, and uh, were chanting, I can't breathe. Um, and it was a lot of those kinds of demonstrations in Niagara Square, Uh, before five o'clock and then after five o'clock you know there were hundreds of people there at that point um, i don't know exactly how but everyone kind of just knew to go over to the uh the steps of city hall and that's where there was a rally for a good 20 minutes or so uh, with some speakers some chants uh, a moment of silence for george floyd and um, from there everyone dispersed now i didn't know exactly what was happening you know part of me thought Maybe the protest is over, and uh, I was kind of surprised because I, you know, it had only been like a half an hour at that point. Um, but then everyone started marching down down Delaware, so I just followed everyone, and it was uh, an amazing sight to behold. Uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, um, I was able to get up on a, a ledge uh, in front of a business on Delaware, and I for about. 40 seconds to a minute, I was just filming people walking by. It was just like a never-ending sea of people. I would venture to say there were well over a 1,000, uh, maybe a couple of 1,000 people on this march. So it went down Delaware, made a left onto north, and then from north it went to Elmwood, and then everyone looped back on Elmwood, and that's when everyone got to Niagara Square again. So all of that that happened uh, in that whole time was peaceful.
3: I imagine you probably did not get a lot of sleep last night, and uh, appreciate you being on with uh, with Joe and myself. And curious, um, I think one of the lasting images I'll always remember from last night was seeing that van set a fire. How soon did you notice uh, that something was happening with that fire?
2: Uh, so I'm going to be honest. I was not there when the fire was set. I was actually at the Seven Eleven location at the corner of Niagara Street and Hampshire where the uh, the march after the all the you know, tension in Niagara Square for a couple hours, oh, uh, everyone went on a march down Niagara Street, and that's where protesters kind of ended up was at uh, the 7-Eleven on Niagara Street. So I covered that for a while. I only learned about the fire because I was kind of in a state of limbo. I wasn't really sure what to do, where to go. Um, so I just popped on... Uh, w b e n, and I heard Tim Wenger um, who was covering it from Niagara Square, and he basically he broke the news saying a a van just lit on fire. And so I decided it was time for me to head back to Niagara Square from my location that I was it was at seven eleven. So I just drove to Niagara Square from there. And uh, when I got there, the van was still on fire. It was honestly, it was on fire for about forty minutes after I got there. And in that time, you could hear flashbangs, and uh, you could see the tear gas. There was about, I want to say, fifty or so protesters. It wasn't a huge uh, contingency of demonstrators, but um, it, it it was it was very bizarre. Uh, it, was, it was you know it was one of those kind of unforgettable scenes. You see the tear gas um, being lit up. Um, with the fire, and then uh, people were throwing uh, objects through the glass at City Hall on the first floor, and then of course a demonstrator threw uh, a flaming object through one of the windows, which of course started a part of City Hall on fire. So I, w- I was right there. I actually witnessed the uh, the demonstrator throw the flaming object through the city hall window. And so that was all happening at the time of the the van scene as well.
0: Did you notice, Brendan, uh, when the demonstrators that decided to start vandalizing and breaking windows, did you notice anyone from the peaceful protest uh, say anything? Were there any confrontations within the protest? Or did many of those peaceful protesters decide, hey, this is probably a good time for me to leave?
2: You know, Joe, that's a that's a good question. There were certainly um, that late in the night when we're talking about the Van Fire here, the City Hall, there wasn't much um, in terms of people trying to keep peace at that point. The What I did notice is that a lot of the people who appear to be the leaders of the protest uh, initially around five o'clock in Niagara Square a lot of those people were trying to get in between demonstrators and law enforcement who were in riot gear at the federal court building. Um, so, I did notice that people were trying to keep peace, kind of trying to act as a buffer uh, between the demonstrators and the uh, and law enforcement. Um, but of course, you know, you had people uh, who was telling were telling everyone to disperse. Uh, You know, one guy got on top of the the car that drove through protesters and was telling people to stop as, you know, they were, you know, people were just battering this car after it went through protesters. And that was a really chaotic scene. So there were people trying to keep peace, uh, especially early on. Later on in the night, uh, you saw less and less of that.
0: This was not my follow up, but you brought up the car uh, on Delaware. What was the deal with that? Because I keep hearing about this car, and I've obviously seen the pictures. Where did that car come from? Why was there a person driving through protesters? Were those questions ever answered?
2: Um,
0: Not to my knowledge
2: at this point. So, uh, Joe, I was there about 10 feet away. Uh, I was on the sidewalk right where the car started moving through protesters. That was uh, an especially tense point. I would say the most tense, most chaotic point of the protest to that point. And I believe, uh, you know, at least in my opinion, from what I saw afterwards as well, that was probably the, the peak of, of tension. Um, the car was there for a while. Uh, I, I think people assumed that the car was there as part of the protest. Uh, people were sitting on the car, uh, chanting, uh, doing all sorts of things. And it kind of came out of nowhere, as far as I'm concerned, when the car started driving through. I did not get a look at the driver. Um, but I can tell you that the reaction to the car driving through was immediate. That car was decimated by protesters within 10 to 15 seconds of the initial rev of the engine. Uh, broken windows, uh, you know, people punching through the the windshield, the windows, uh, slashing tires. That car was out of commission. Really, really didn't even have a chance to get going, to be completely honest with you. I don't know what happened. Didn't get a look at the driver or anything. Don't know uh, if it was a, a man or a woman. Have no idea. Um, but that was an ex- especially tense point. And I, I do have a video up on Twitter of the aftermath of that. I wasn't able to catch the car actually driving because uh, it really was only driving for maybe two seconds, you know, not maybe not even Um, But the aftermath, I I have a video of, and I would definitely venture to say uh, to that point, that was the uh, most tense moment.
3: Brendan, did you notice uh, any of the the plate glass being smashed, uh, say, along uh, the the Delaware side of the Statler? Um, And did it strike you, as it struck me as being ironic, that just a couple of days ago, uh, Mark Croce's widow stood in front of the Statler with Douglas Jamal, who bought it, and they talked about this iconic Buffalo landmark coming back to life and uh, being revitalized, and yet here you have uh, one of many Buffalo iconic landmarks being defaced and, uh, and, and sustaining all sorts of damage. Uh, did you notice any of the glass breaking, and did you see any of that happening at that point, or did it happen so quickly that you just came upon it and realized uh, that that, too, was... Uh, a target of the wrath of these protesters.
2: You know, Brenda, I actually did not personally witness uh, any vandalization of the Statler. Um, but to to be fair, uh, there was a lot going on. Um, so uh, myself and Tim Wanger were down there covering for DEN, obviously. Um, and I was more toward the Mohawk, Delaware side of the protest. Um, and uh, Tim was on, was more towards the Madras Square, um, so he might have noticed that. I did not notice anyone um, vandalizing the Statler, but you know, as you mentioned, it is interesting because just earlier this week, you know, I was the one who covered the uh, the official announcement of the Statler changing hands from the Croce family to uh, developer Doug Jamal. So uh, certainly ironic uh, to see what would have happened just a couple of days later.
0: Brendan, um, you know, we're seeing the aftermath today, um, and I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures now that the the sun has come up. Is there something that you saw last night, uh, be it good or bad, that you don't think got the attention that you would, not, I, I don't want to say want to get, but you're surprised it didn't get that attention? That's a good question.
2: Um Let me think for a second uh, i I will tell you this uh tear gas and pepper spray is no joke. Um, I was on live with uh with Brian Mazarowski last night, and I was actually in the middle of talking with him when I got a, a face full of, of tear gas and i will tell you what i was I was incapacitated for like three or four minutes. I was just desperately trying to get away from the area trying to uh i just like my, my whole face just just felt like. Everything was running. My nose was running. My uh, tears were flooding down my face. That that stuff is no joke. Um, and and to see protesters uh, kind of willing to just accept the fact that that's what's going to happen um, was was pretty was pretty powerful. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, there was a moment where uh, law enforcement was pushing back on protesters physically um, and. I I don't think that a lot of that was was documented much. Um, But to to answer your question, Joe, the whole thing really was uh, quite amazing. And I don't mean that in a a negative or a positive way. I I just mean like it was something I had never seen before. Um, And really, I I was trying to do my job uh, as far as being a reporter while also trying to appreciate the the history that I was kind of witnessing uh, before my eyes, and I, I would say the whole uh, a string of events—from the peaceful protest to start to the raising of tension to the vandalism and the more aggressive nature of the protest—it was it was truly quite a swing, and uh, it was something I'll never forget.
3: Hey, Brendan, you mentioned uh, you were down at the Seven Eleven on Niagara Street, and I noticed that there's some reporting being done uh, in addition to what you reported about how 7-Elevens have been targeted. Uh, What was the scene like at that particular 7-Eleven on the lower west side?
2: Very bizarre scene, Brenda. Um, So I I got there a little bit later. I kind of had to catch up with the march because it was taking care of some things in in Niagara Square when they all, when the the, the, uh, protesters all left. So I talked to numerous people when I got to the 7-Eleven, and no one could really come up with a good explanation as to why the protests stopped there uh i talked to about 10 people uh none of them said that they knew why people stopped there and congregated and that became kind of the area of gathering so while i was there uh it was tense for a while uh the there was a law enforcement vehicle that was vandalized i honestly i was right I was about 10 yards from where this police vehicle was was vandalized um, on Hampshire Street. And uh, I I was on live with uh, Tom Bowerly when that happened. And I basically said, like, Tom, I got to get away from this area. Uh, Things are getting pretty crazy here. And some demonstrators smashed up that vehicle. Uh, I was able to get back more towards the 7-Eleven scene. There were probably 25 to 35 or so uh, law enforcement officers with riot gear, and then really you had the protesters on the other side of the street, on the other side of Hampshire Street, and on the other side of Niagara Street. So there weren't really a lot of protesters in the 7-Eleven parking lot, but a lot of uh, objects being hurled at the law enforcement officers. And then one of the more um, amazing uh, demonstrations I saw it was a group about 35-ish. Um, protesters walked across the street, walked across Hampshire Street with their hands over their head, uh, you know, to say, you know, hold up, don't shoot, which has been a a common phrase in a lot of the the, uh, civil uh, rights uh, movement over the past, you know, five to 10 years or so definitely um, put on... uh, made famous, I would say, uh, several years ago when a lot of professional athletes uh, started doing that as well. Um, And and they did that. But things really calmed down after that. Uh, A lot of people dispersed. And then finally, once it hit 1030, uh, law enforcement let off some tear gas. And uh, that's when really everything settled down there. Everyone just kind of went their own way. Um, so, that... I
3: really ri- uh, Brendan, I was really riveted to the coverage uh, both on WBEN and also watching on TV and to think that the Elmwood Village was then being targeted you know. and, and we talked to Don Arthur this morning from the Black Rock Pharmacy and there was damage done to his place um, it, did you see uh, uh, an obvious movement up Elmwood Avenue uh, going north towards the Elmwood Village or how did that all play out as they advanced up Elmwood Avenue?
2: I honestly do not know. I did not uh, catch that at all. Uh, when I was at Niagara St- at the corner of Niagara Street at the 7-Eleven, everyone appeared to be going in a separate direction, um, but I don't know where it went from there. I did not see any uh, large gathering movement of people uh, following that, and that's when I decided to go back to Niagara Square. Uh, so I, I don't know, uh, to your question.
0: Well, Brendan, thank you so much. Great coverage last night, by the way, and on Twitter, not only on the air, but on Twitter. If you want to see anything that Brendan saw, videos, they're all there at Brendan Keeney and at News Radio 930. Brendan, you have a great day. You too, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That is WBEN's Brendan Keeney. And Brenda, you said you were watching and listening last night. I kind of did the same thing. I thought it was. Interesting how at nine o'clock both NBC and ABC National went into breaking news coverage as well with local here and there. Um, Just be, I mean, it was. Any city of size yesterday, there was some kind of demonstration in New York State. You had Rochester, Syracuse, Albany, obviously New York City. Um, I, I I thought that was very telling that in the middle of uh, movie night on NBC, they broke in with uh, with breaking news on a national level.
3: Oh, absolutely, Joe. And and uh, over the past couple of nights, you know, first it was centered in Minnesota, obviously where the whole situation with George Floyd's tragic death occurred uh, in Minneapolis. So you would see a live coverage from all of the networks on that. And then all of a sudden, you'd start to see other cities pop up on their live feeds, Louisville, Kentucky, Atlanta, Chicago, and so forth. And it's almost like this horrendous domino effect that is happening around the country that uh, every city is now, it seems, have some degree of protest and chaos. And uh, I just read something this morning how it's spilling into Europe as well, how there's a lot of outrage about what's happening with the American system and there's protests in Europe. So uh, if anything, I think the, 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 uh, fuel is being, you know, the flames are being fueled, I should say, by uh, additional protests that don't appear to be going away. In fact, it appears to be going the other way.
0: No, and the county executive said that they will make a determination later this afternoon on if a curfew will be. Uh, Again tonight, we know in Monroe County, they are going back to curfew, 8 o'clock in Monroe County. We'll see what happens here in Erie County, but we'd like to know what you saw. Were you at the demonstration last night? Maybe you were one of the peaceful protesters that saw what was happening, either left or tried to stop uh, the vandalism, the broken glass, uh, everything we saw downtown. 803 what do you think of what's going on? Um, and, and how can we address this going further? 803 0930. The text code, remember, the text number is now the same as the call in number, 716 803 0930. It's Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you until noon. At noon, David Bellavia will join us noon till two. So we are live and local here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We are back on Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN, taking your calls up until noon on the events not only happening here in Buffalo, but around the country following the murder of George Floyd. And you heard if you listen to my show Friday, uh, you know where I stand on that. I mean, it is a it was murder. I mean, his knee was on was right on the man's neck for almost nine minutes. A, a, a guy who was cuffed, unarmed, uh, was not being arrested for a violent crime. Uh, I, I'm sorry, there's nothing that would make that inexcusable action by anybody, but let alone a police officer who is supposed to be protecting the people of the community. Uh, Brenda, I'll bring you in. Uh, what What do you think of that video, that's uh, it, the, that's going the video around. of
3: George Floyd? Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, no, the, it, it's, the, it's, the anger and sadness that I feel when I see that video, I I can only imagine.
3: It, it's horror. And then when you realize he's calling out for his mother, and he's saying, I can't breathe, and he's losing bladder control. Uh, and, you know, it was a 17-year-old kid who took that video, uh, even though the cops were yelling, stop shooting the video. It was a 17-year-old who held his ground and, and really when you think about it, Jill, launch this entire thing because uh, if that video didn't exist, we wouldn't know any of this, not in this detail. But equally despicable are the rioters that are going out and trashing businesses and hurting people and acting like absolute morons out there, defacing public property, busting windows, uh, hurting other people, uh, putting good officers in harm's way. To me, they're equally despicable. And when I think about the officer that had his knee on George Floyd's neck, uh, I wonder, and he's sitting in jail now because he was arrested. I wonder, does he think about what he caused? And do, do these rioters think about what they're doing and how harmful what they're doing is and how despicable their actions are and how it hurts more innocent people? Because I do think of George Floyd as an innocent in this. Now, he was suspected of perhaps cash uh, check forgery. So as you said, Joe, there's no need to have that kind of uh, violent reaction to him, being cuffed, put on the ground, your knee on his neck for something like that. But equally wrong are the way these people are protesting and not getting anything done. It it, it takes away from the, the core issue. As Byron Brown pointed out, that's no way... To protest the injustice and he's absolutely right and i want to say something else about byron brown joe i've known byron for many many years since the mid 80s when he and i both worked in city hall together he was a legislative aide to council president george arthur i worked as a legislative aide to vince Lavallo, who was a councilman at large so we go way back and byron has always been a very buttoned up gentleman thinks before he speaks. But when I heard him last night at that press conference call that guy an idiot for throwing a flaming object into the window at City Hall, a shattered window, I thought, you know, I I really admire that the mayor was sort of out of character, that he went and said exactly what people are thinking. And the other thing I liked about it was that they're gonna go after him because the guy was so idiotic that he did it in in front of a TV crew. So now it's on video. And the police will, I'm sure, arrest him. And as Byron Brown pointed out very, very strongly, they will prosecute prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Good for him. Good for him. I salute the mayor and I salute, uh, you know, what uh, the county executive is doing with the curfew as well.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, I was glad to see the mayor and the county executive speak twice yesterday uh, to the community and let that let us know that they were. You know, on top of it, and uh, to what you were saying, Tori Smith tweeted out earlier this morning, and I thought this really was a, a great message to get across. And then we'll take your calls at eight hundred three oh nine thirty. Tori Smith said, "There is always a peaceful protest that turns violent." This makes folks forget about the cause and the peaceful initial demonstration. It's a vicious cycle that other people use as a way to deflect from the real issues. Keep justice at the forefront of the conversation.
3: Yeah, I don't see how putting BLM on, uh, on monuments downtown and, you know, on facades of buildings downtown make a difference there's a way to protest but by defacing property and potentially hurting people in the very community that you live in is is just so counterproductive and ridiculous to me oh and by the way joe we are still in a pandemic (laughs) like right did you ever think anything would knock the coronavirus off the front page i mean it's just incredible that we're we're dealing with a, a worldwide literally pandemic and now on top of that We're in the middle of this chaos and riots, and uh, it's just like the world has turned upside down.
0: And, and Brandon, to our our initial uh, point, I also hope that the other officers that just stood there and let this happen, I hope they are also charged. Because what I saw are four officers being accessories to a murder.
3: It's hard to imagine that you could stand there and watch that as this guy is pleading for his life. Crying for his mother, a grown man and, and clearly in pain, and, and expressing without any doubt that he can't breathe, how they could stand there and watch as their colleague knelt on his neck is beyond me.
0: Let's go to the phone lines eight zero three zero nine thirty, and we will go to Chitawaga and talk to Jack. Jack, good morning.
1: Good morning. Uh, you know what? It, it is a good morning. The city could be in a lot more chaos this morning than it is. Um, you know, I sat last night awake till two in the morning watching this from different Facebook feeds and through, you know, online and um, through watching it with the news, the live video or the live news feeds. And you know, I was, I was, for the first time in my life, I could say I really had looked down on my city. Um, you know, this is uncalled for. You know, and, and what I say is, you know. Politics aside, everything, all right, what happened to George Floyd is absolutely disgusting. This has no place in our society today. Um, I won't even go as far as saying an officer that killed him because what the actions of that man were was not the actions of an officer um, or the actions of a law-abiding citizen, for that matter. So, you know, but there was a platform given. We had a chance, and, you know, I I will say, I am a conservative, but you know what? I have one of them situations where this was an opportunity that was given, where there was a a true platform where everybody, no matter what color of the spectrum or what political affiliation you come to, can admit that this has got to stop. You You know, all of this goes on, and then, you know, you lose the platform when you start to destroy the city that you live in. This city has been generations of just nothing, and now the city's being revitalized. And in one night, you go to bed with fearing, are you going to wake up to a city that's in ruins and going to take generations to rebuild again? This needs to stop. The protest, I support. The riots, the looting, the vandalism, I thoroughly do not support. Um, You know, what's good to see is I just took a ride. I'm actually driving down right now on Ferry Street towards Grant. I just came up um, Delaware, Niagara. I was working, looking to see the worst this morning. Um, People are out cleaning up together as a community. People are repairing the businesses. You see everybody out. The sun is shining. That's what we need to remember today, is that to let people know the sun always shines the next day. Let's bring unity to this community once again. Let's not do what we did last night. Let's get everybody together and have, if you want to protest for George Floyd and to make sure that there's justice for George Floyd, I'd stand right next to you to protest for that justice. I will not stand next to you to destroy our community.
3: You know, very well said, and uh, I agree with your points because here we are, are so proud of our city and the revitalization that seems to have taken decades to come, and it finally did. I often have said to Joe, I didn't think I'd ever see this in my lifetime. And now I think that's what makes it particularly heartbreaking to the caller's point, Joe, Joe is to see the way um, the, the, the utter chaos and the after effects of that uh, have been imposed upon my city. But there are also people who are already down there cleaning and, and sweeping and uh, trying to get things back in order. Um, I think this community is strong enough that they will, in fact, succeed in getting it back to order and that we can't let these losers uh, uh, take over and feel like they were victorious in their efforts to disrupt it th- and, and create great chaos in our city. You know, and I want to point out, too, I am very pro-police. Part of the worry I have about what's been happening with this is that innocent officers, good officers, will be killed or maimed or in some way, you know, harmed uh, by the actions of these protesters, these rioters. Uh, and I really feel for those officers as well as, as well as you know, the firefighters and the first responders and other people who are part of this process and keeping us safe.
0: Yeah, and and Jack made a great point. He said, you know, I'm all for protesters uh, protesting, a peaceful protest, but there is a difference between a protester and those who... Smashing windows, those who loot uh, loot the stores, those who cause you know start uh, cars on fire, that's not protesting. Uh, that is a riot. But the peaceful protest, the five a m, uh, the five a m, the five p m event that was scheduled for downtown. You know, I have a lot of friends uh, who were going or interested in going. Believe me, they were there for a peaceful demonstration. And just as the caller said, uh, I I would be part of a peaceful demonstration. Uh, If it was for, you know, let's stop the injustice, right? We're seeing this too often. And Brenda, I said this to you before the show started. This is something that I think most, if not all of the country agrees on, that George Floyd was murdered. And I like the way Jack said it. Um, You know, he was murdered. This was a man that was murdered and four other officers sat there and watched it. It is a obvious injustice. It is something we should be coming together as a country to, to come together and say, we're not going to stand for this anymore. But just like anything in 2020, we find a way to be arguing with each other on social media instead of coming together. And these peaceful protests would be a way to come together. But unfortunately, you have those that want to cause riots, those that want to set cars on fire, those that want to loot any store they can instead of do you know, honor the memory of George Floyd and demand a change to this injustice.
3: You know, I can't help but think of the contrasting pictures, Joe, of the image of George Floyd with the officer's knee on his neck and how outraged I was by that. And then I'm equally outraged by the the moron who took the flaming object. It, it appeared to be uh something he was holding in what looked like a laundry basket. Here's this shirtless young man Running across Niagara Square with this flaming object that he tosses into the shattered window at City Hall. You know, these are opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's still the same common feeling of outrage, and both so wrong. And how does one justify the other? It's completely unfathomable to me that this can happen, and to what end? You know, people work for years and years to establish a business and try to. Uh, be good citizens and, and create some culture and flavor in a community and in a matter of minutes the, the whole business, their whole life can go up in smoke. So it's really disturbing. I'd be interested in knowing uh, any of our callers, listeners, texters who want to tell us about what they're doing differently today with their business. Are they closing early? Are they not opening at all? Are they hiring? security now, um, something they perhaps never considered in the past. I'd I'd like to know what people are doing with their business in the city of Buffalo and the uh, outlying suburbs.
0: Let's go to Hamburg, Brenda, and talk to Larry. Larry, good morning. Morning,
3: morning, Larry. Uh,
1: My insight on this is why aren't they investigating all these outsiders that are coming into these cities and causing crowded, in the uproar and be instigators and just causing all, all this chaos you know that's my feelings on this why aren't they finding out why all these cities all of a sudden are in an uproar because they've got groups of people going into these cities riling these people up to cause all this damage and desecration well,
3: I think that, you know, um, a lot of people talk about the outside agitators coming in. And, in fact, uh, there are some city leaders who said the same thing, uh, Larry. Uh, and and I think they had to be really careful because now, uh, as an example, the St. Paul mayor had to walk back his comments about that uh, because he created another little set of chaos by saying it was people from outside the area coming in to agitate. And then he had to walk that comment back when he was uh, when he was told that he had bad information about that. So uh, I think that the reason that they are very careful about publicly stating that is because they have to make sure that that is in fact the case. but. Uh, Joe, I don't have any doubt that law enforcement locally will uh, make sure that any of these agitators are arrested and, you know, due process of law will take place if, in fact, they are found uh, to be in violation of that.
0: And I'm sure we'll get more information on that, Brenda, when Erie County District Attorney John Flynn addresses the media at one o'clock today. Obviously, that'll be live right here on WBEN as part of David Bellavia's show today, 12 to Two, We have one more hour to go. Brenda and I will be taking your calls at 803-0930. If you're on hold, please stay on hold. We will talk to you after the news here on Hardline